get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. to Joey Vitale. We'll talk to him here in just a moment. Matt Holliday has made a statement to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch about why he has decided to step down as the Cardinals bench coach before actually assuming that position with the team. He said, quote, when it came down to it, I just didn't want to miss all of the things with my kids. In theory, four months out, it seemed like something that I wanted. As it got closer, I just felt like I stopped playing in the majors because I didn't want to miss all of these things that you do miss because you're playing. When you say yes to one thing, you say no to something else. Referring to uh, when he said yes to the Cardinals bench coach, he would be saying no to his family and he didn't want to do that. So that is the latest update on why Matt Holliday has decided not to take the Cardinals bench coach job. Again, if you missed it in our last segment, Joe McEwing is going to be assuming that role with the Cardinals. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. We're going out now to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by the Blues Analyst for 101 ESPN. You hear him on pregame and postgame with Alex Ferrario, like you will tonight, starting at 6 o'clock. You also hear him on the call with Chris Kerber. He's Joey Vitale joining us via the Brown and group in celebrity line joey how you doing joey, today man joey 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 what's, what's up boys how you guys doing yeah i just saw the news about matt holiday and, and got the update from you there bk appreciate you know good on matt that's awesome i mean what, what, what a career and and for him to recognize that uh, i think a lot of players certainly when they retire or getting close to retiring as a player they realize that idea and and you know this is something that you know fans whether they understand or don't understand you know this is there is so much time taken away from your family and from experiences and you know you, you can say well hey you know for a hockey player i mean it's you start the job at seven you're end at 10 I mean, what, what's the big deal but you know i can relate to matt i know a lot of players relate to it's even when home even on the days off i mean you're still on i mean you, you never really leave it in summer vacation maybe a little bit here and there but it, it's a 24 7 365 day job with a lot of pressure so so good on him congratulations to I guess another retirement for him and, and all the best to him and his family. Hey, Joey, I, I, let's stay on this for just a second. I, I'm just curious, you know, when, when you look at the job that you have as a coach and for, for Matt, the, the decision that he had to make here, when you think about it, do you think it's good for the Cardinals that he made this now as opposed to trying to make it work early in the season and then maybe recognizing, you know, in April or May early on in the year, like, hey, this is just not something that I can do. Is it better for the team that he was able to make this decision now? Dude, 100%. I mean, to me, that's that's why I just give him even more props, BK, because you look at it like, listen, you're, he's a professional baseball player. He's been a professional baseball player. He's one of the best that we that I certainly have seen in my days of watching baseball. You only get to that, that, that stretch or you only get to that level because of one thing. You have a very high commitment level. Like these, these players, one thing about them, whether it be baseball, hockey, football, I don't care, like, 
the commitment level it takes to get to that level, and not only get to the level he got, but also be successful. Like I'm talking about like the most utmost commitment imaginable. So that commitment, it doesn't switch off after you're done being a player. I mean, that, that's the commitment he's bringing to his family. That's the commitment he wants to bring to coaching. And so it's like a switch. And I think maybe, not, not to put words in his mouth, but, I mean, if he can't go all in on this, he's like, I'm out. And, and again, that's where you have to really respect the decision because, you know, as much as you, you hate that he's not going to be a part of it, the worst thing you can do is be half in, half out. You know, I, I run into a lot of, you know, former players. Some get into broadcasting. Some, you know, try to do other things outside of, you know, hockey some get into coaching, you know, you almost think that, well, it's probably less pressure to be a coach. I would argue against that. I watch Steve Ott every day. I watch Mike Van Ryan. People don't understand how many hours it takes. I mean, th- those are the most committed guys probably in the whole organization. The assistant coaches go through film. Uh, they're there three hours probably before a player shows up in the morning. I just saw Steve Ott before last game. He goes home and gets a quick one-hour nap and comes right back. He's there three hours before any player shows up again tonight. He's there breaking things down at the end of the game. You know, he's scratching his head when things don't go well. I mean, you live with this. It, it doesn't escape you just because you're not a player anymore. And it's a coaching aspect. I, I think that in some ways it's a lot more pressure, certainly a lot more hours. And a lot of times players just aren't really prepared for that when they want to get into that coaching, that coaching spectrum. Spot on. We're talking with Joe Vitale here on BK and Ferrario via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. So, Joe, on the ice for this one tonight, we got some uh, at least – positive news for morning skate where it looks like these injured players are starting to make their way back. I think the only guys that weren't injured skating today, uh, Vladdy O'Reilly and Robert Bortuzzo, but everyone else seems to be making their uh, progress back for this team. What's that going to look like when these guys get healthy and Craig Bruby's got more options? Well, he's going to have some issues, but good issues. I mean, those are the issues you want when Nick Letty comes into the lineup, which, you know, it doesn't look like he'll be back tonight, but hopefully around the corner from his injury, you know, that, that's a good problem to have. And, and you hate to do it, but, you know, that, that's life and that's the business. I think Steven Santini and Tyler Tucker have both done a fa- fantastic job there on the back end. You know, you look at some of the forwards, you know, Nikita Alexandrov has stepped up big over the last few games. He just got his second career goal uh, there as well. It does look like Josh Levo is going to draw in for Nathan Walker here tonight. So, you know, having options, uh, of course, having uh, players on that chessboard, is, it gives you options. It gives you flexibility to get in and get out of the lineup or, you know, how do you want these matchups to look, the combinations, the chemistry. I mean, everything that a coach goes through, uh, one thing you need, you need options. And so you're starting to get definitely some more options. But, you know, you look at that game the other night and you look at how successful his team's been without O'Reilly and without Tarasenko. I mean, even the one game they lost, I think they're 4-1 and one without those two. Even the game they lost in Montreal, I mean, that, that's a game you could have. So you can make the argument that they should have won five in a row and not, and not be at 4-1. But still, you're 4-1, you're which is in a good spot. You know, it's, it's, it's so weird. I was talking to Bernie Federico in, in the stands this morning. You know, what's, what's amazing about how things have transpired, and you would never wish anyone to get hurt, especially some of your, your, your top players, but the, wing, the way things have evolved, we got a lot of young, hungry guys in the lineup right now, and, and Craig Berube has had to adjust his coaching style over the last few years, no doubt about it. But I think you always get the foundation of each coach is, is a certain style. We see it with Daryl Sutter. This, this is the way, yeah, he will adjust here and there, but this is the style he wants to get to. This is the style that he's best coaching. And I think for Craig Berube, it's that same way. You know, when you want to play a just blue chip, blue collar, run and gun, be physical, you know, attack on the forecheck style, which I think Craig Berube really wants to get to, the one thing you're going to need, you're going to need soldiers to do it. And I think that that's finally what he has here. And again, to talk about a silver lining of some of these injuries, he has the young, 
hungry soldiers who are willing to play, quite frankly, any style that he wants them to play. And that's what we're seeing as a product on the ice right now. Joey Vitale is our guest here on 101 ESPN for another couple of minutes. Joey, part of that is the fourth line and the success that we have seen from them, specifically uh, with Torovchenko and Alexandrov. What have you seen them add? What has changed in terms of the, the style of the game that the Blues are playing because they have a fourth line that they feel like they can put out there in crucial situations now? Well, you know, it just it does give you a little bit less pressure for some of those top guys when you're seeing the fourth line score. You know, I've always looked at it like in, in football when you have a quarterback that, that has a great running game going right now. You know what I mean? When, you know, Kurt Warner back in the 1999, when, when Marshall Falk was coming and going down the guts of the, or guts of the, uh, the field right there, and he was getting six, seven yards of carry, four yards of carry, five yards of carry. I mean, that that it puts him in a good spot where it's not so much pressure to throw the ball. And the same way with Robert Thomas and Butch Davis and those top-line guys, when you have fourth-line guys not only chipping in goals like we saw with Nikita Alexandrov last game, but just chipping in from a momentum standpoint. You know, you're going to be put on the ice, and you know that fourth line is going to grab momentum in the game. Well, that's, that's a little bit less momentum maybe than Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyrou have to generate. What else does it do? It, it, it raises the eyebrow of, um, of Daryl Sutter for example, where, where now it's just not a, a fourth line eight minutes. This is a really good fourth line that can chip in, play physical, play on the forecheck, and, and wear some guys down. So now he has to adjust, and maybe instead of just throwing on his fourth line, maybe he's got to counter it with something else. Maybe he's got to counter it with his top pair for a little bit because they're generating so much. And that opens up a lot of other areas uh, for the other lines. And that's, and that, that's also about something we've seen that's kind of evolved over the last four games. I mean, that game that that fourth line had in Montreal, that was spectacular. It's a shame the Blues wasted it and didn't even get a point in that game because with the uh, Torpchenko goal and then we saw Nikita Alexandros' first goal, I think Tyler Pitlick, he's playing a reckless brand of hockey. I talked to him a few days ago. You know, I asked him, you know, how's, how's he doing? How's he feeling? We talked about some injuries. I think we brought up the Blake Wheeler injury, which I'm sure we've all seen that. But he, he said, you know, it, the reality is, you know, at times in your career, you have to learn to play a more reckless game. What does that mean? It means, it means you know, for Tyler Pitlick, He's not playing 16, 17, 18 minutes like he has at times in his career. He's playing six. He's playing seven, maybe eight, right? And if you're going to play half that amount of time, you better go out there and you better play a little bit reckless because that's your survival. If you're not playing reckless on the fourth line, playing seven minutes and putting your head and your nose into every single battle, well, then you know you're going to be out of the lineup. So he's, you know, Tyler Pidlick, he's in a bit of survival mode right now. And I think that that's a really healthy thing for him. And then you got young guys like Torpchenko and Nikita Alexandrov that are just you know, really excited to be here. They're hungry, like I mentioned before. They're hungry young players and hungry young soldiers that just want to like serve this coach and make him happy. And, and so far, it's worked out pretty well. Joe, are you surprised that Thomas Grice is getting the call tonight? You know, I was a little surprised by that. I was. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that. I talked to Jordan in passing. We, we were talking about some other life, life things. We brought up some concussion stuff, as you're seeing in the NFL right now. So we didn't really get into hockey, but from, from what it looked like in the conversation, he looked great. He looked healthy. Nothing, nothing seemed to be wrong. He doesn't look sick. So it really doesn't seem to be anything in, in, in that regard that would prevent him from being in the lineup here tonight. You know, I think that something probably maybe just happened internally where maybe Davey Alexander and, and, and Craig Berube had discussions with Jordan Bennington, and maybe it's something about just giving him a little bit of a breather. He has logged, you know, the most, if close, I think maybe tied now, but the most games of any starting goaltender this season. It's a lot, right? I think there's, they probably have seen things in his game that they're starting to see how fatigue could be setting in, even though he's been great. You can see maybe at times goals that he, he usually does stop. Is that a part of fatigue? And if it is, well, now's the time to give him rest because, quite frankly, your backup goalie the other night there in Minnesota, you get the shutout. That was the best piece of 
goaltending that I think I've seen all season was that third period for Thomas Grice. So you have a backup. He's already got his rest. He's ready to get back in there. He's confident. And, and, and the other thing, too, you know, it's a back-to-back situation. You know, for the Calgary Flames, they did lose the other night. You know they're going to be coming. They're going to be humming. You know, they definitely got the scouting report on Jordan Bennington. I kind of like it because now you're kind of changing it up on Calgary. You're kind of changing it up on their shooters. So, you know, you already got those two points the other night. It was a good two points. Now kind of switch things up here and kind of throw the shooters of Calgary off a little bit. And hopefully uh, hopefully it plays with the advantage of Craig Berube and, and the process of what he, what he has moving forward. Joey, we appreciate the time as always, man. We'll be looking forward to hearing you on pregame with Alex starting at 6 and then puck drop at 7 right here on 101 ESPN. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk with you again next week. Sounds good, boys. You guys have a great weekend.